Oh, my Gundam. Uh-oh. Uh, I always think about this. I think about how, um, by the way, you're listening to the Multi-Geek Show, and don't, <laughs> don't turn us off yet. I think about how sometimes I'll listen to podcasts for the first time, and the way that they begin is almost like two full minutes of inane rambling. Like, okay. it's just like, well, I always think, I, I, maybe subconsciously I'm like, I've got first listener syndrome, where I'm like, man, if somebody's listening for the first time, I don't want them to turn it off because we're acting like <laughs> hoople jacks. Oh, you know. Yeah. Anyway, this is the Multi-Geek Show, and I'm Tim. And I'm Jason. And, uh... So there's a movie we both saw. Yes, we did. It's called Turtles Forever. Yes, it was. And it it, it just excites me so much. It was really cool. Um, we watched this movie on YouTube. <sighs> yeah. Um, I don't, it, it was released a little while ago, like on television. Yeah, I thought it had premiered that night that I told you about it, but I think it, it premiered before that. I don't know, but it, it is a. It was on the CW, yep. Um, and it was more or less a Ninja Turtles cartoon, and I guess spoiler alert because that that's kind of a, a cool reveal in the first ten minutes. I had no idea what was going to happen. I had no idea, yeah, uh, that, that this was going to happen. So if you plan on watching it, um, turn us off. <laughs> spoiler alert. Go type in Turtles Forever on YouTube. It's in nine parts. They're about ten minutes each watch them um it's worth it because it was really cool so oh if you're a fan it is so worth it yeah you have been warned <laughs> so jason tell me what flipping happens within the first 10 minutes of this movie well <clears throat> the turtles from 1987 uh, are transported to the dimension of the ninja turtles from 2003 right and that by itself is awesome. So what I what I loved is that the the turtles from two thousand and three, which really that's kind of what you see, not TMNT the CG ones, but yeah, not that. Um, think of the turtles you saw. I know there's there's tons of them out there, but if you're a Ninja Turtles fan, it was the ones that had the the white eyes. Um, it was kind of a blend of the ones from the eighties and the and the original turtles. Um, they were kind a, of sharp edges. Yeah, sharp edges like. Uh, very like mid nineties. They're and, big too. Yeah, yeah, and they they are. They're serious. Yes, that's the thing. There's not a lot of slapstick. It's like it's more. It's a little more gritty. You know, yeah, a little yeah. more dark. It's not like all bleak or everything, but it's but definitely more serious. The turtles from 1987 are the kind of goofy, fun-loving, wisecracking. Yes, turtles. And what happens is that. So I like that dynamic. It's hilarious because you're watching and you're like, okay, you see the Ninja Turtles foil a robbery, and then Master Splinter yells at them for getting caught on tape. And they're like, that wasn't us. The 2003. The 2003 Splinter and Turtles are talking, and Splinter's like. I can see this getting confusing. Yeah, this is confusing. (laughs) So the 2003 Turtles are like, it wasn't us. And he goes, then who was it? And then it turns out that the 1987 Ninja Turtles have been teleported back. And they're like, whoa, cowabunga. And uh, wackiness ensues. We also get, we get the 1987 Technodrome, the 1987 Shredder, the 1987 Krang in the Krang robot. Shredder. Bebop and Rocksteady. Bebop and Rocksteady, which I was so happy when I saw that. (laughs) They even did, did you see how they kind of threw in Toka and Razor a little bit? I saw that. They were in it for like maybe two seconds. On the sides of the turtle wagon? Yep, and then they got like destroyed. 
that the was turtles awesome. were like completely unaware of their existence. They kind yeah. of just got. I wonder if that was kind of like a a nod. Mm, kind of a nod. Maybe I don't know what I what I want to call it. Like a like a bashing of the 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 second movie. Oh no, I don't think so. No, no, just their inclusion made it like cool to me. I was like, oh, I remember the second. Well, movie. It was cool to me, but I'm just saying. Having them been taken out so easily and the turtles be completely unaware of it, just saying like, you know, that was, I don't know. It makes sense. It's It could be that. This is in honor, this movie, of, what, 25 years, I think, of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So I guess it, it probably wouldn't be anything like that. Now, okay, I'm biased. <clears throat> I'm biased because I like the 1987 Ninja Turtles. I know it's kooky. I know that they were wacky. Oh, I, I feel like a little bit in this movie... They made him look a little dumb, a little too dumb. I kind of, I kind of felt that way too. Like they were a little too uh, goofy, yeah, and, and over the top. But um, I, I thought it might might have been necessary for for the dynamic that they wanted between the two. Showing, I agree. Showing the differences. Yeah, I agree. And and the voices were pretty close. You know, they were like, oh right. yeah, you know, were, they were close. They enough. were acceptable. I thought. Um. I think that the 1987 Shredder was a little bit too much of a loser. Yeah, he might have been a little too goofy, but... Which, again, I know the dynamic they were going for. Yeah, they were still trying to show the differences, like, these are serious and these were the not-so-serious kind of wacky and cartoony. Well, let me ask you this. Oh, that was a funny little inside joke. Though, if you do go back and watch the later episodes of the early series, they do get a little wacky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not as serious as when that series started. Sure. Oh, and I remember (laughs) some of the villains and some of the... Yeah, yeah. The neutrinos and all that stuff. And, oh God, man! So, here's what uh, I'm wondering: I hated though. the neutrinos. Did you? <laughs> wasn't one of them like Michelangelo's girlfriend? Or, yeah, that yeah, was weird. I didn't like it. It was. I liked it. I liked the '50s looking. Mm, I didn't like vehicles them. from the future. Anyway, did you catch <laughs> Raphael saying like, "What? What are these talking about?" The foot soldiers. He's like, oh. what? he's like, they're almost like. He's like, they're so easy to beat. They're yeah, almost yeah. like cartoons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I thought was funny though. When Leonardo, when they first started the battle with those foot, foot soldiers coming out of the Technodrome, Leonardo strikes one through the tre- chest and it explodes. And he, and at, then, at that point, that's when he realizes, oh, they're robots. So that means he was just killing a person. Well, and I was going to say, I love that because <laughs> the joke was, even when I was a kid, the uh-huh. joke was the Ninja Turtles never used their weapons. Yeah, yeah. They would throw their they would swords. Throw them and like cut ropes and stuff. Yeah, that's it. There yeah. was no. So I think that they were doing that to put an exclamation point on that fact. Maybe that he that's was just willing funny, to. Though I know that's hilarious. They totally did that to point out that these turtles will run a guy through, uh-huh. whereas yeah. the old ones they would like. But was, they won't though. They don't kill people as far no, as I have seen. I think that that's what I they're mean. Trying. I didn't watch that series that much, but I think I, they're trying to point it out though. Like, right. see how serious he no, was. He I stabbed see. it and then realized, you know. Yeah. But um, I wonder how many other people caught that though. I don't know. Good question. I'd like to see uh, anyone who probably was familiar with the originals, yeah, well enough to understand that they were always swinging around their weapons and then like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's it. it. It was always just a big show, like a big. Production. They were like, yeah, they're like twirling like they their weapons it. and then yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like the movie so Galaxy funny. Quest where they're that was so that was always so infuriating to me when I would watch that as a child. I would always want to see them fight so bad, and they just wouldn't do it. They'd kick and punch and then, like, spin like, their weapons and then, like, like block but stuff. I, I still loved it. I don't know. Oh, me too, man. The toys, best ever. Yeah. The toy line was crazy because it's all mutants, and it's all, like, um, 
I love the mutant hybrids of like the different mutants that they would pick, mm-hmm. the different animals they would pick to mutate, and then like the toys would always look so crazy and creechy. Uh-huh. I loved that. Yeah, I loved uh, all of them. All of I'll the... tell you what I really loved is the Mousers. Oh yeah, yeah, Those that was always my totally favorite. awesome design. Awesome. Baxter Stockman. Yeah. Um, you know what I, I I found out was that Baxter Stockman in uh, the comic books. Um, was that like robotic? He wasn't a fly like in the original cartoon series. Oh, I did not know that. I, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was you and I. We were looking at the new Ninja Turtle toys in the store based on that 2003 cartoon. Yeah, and we we saw that Baxter was uh, like just a head within a robot. It, it, I think it had like spider limbs or something. Yeah, it was something like and that. I, and I was thinking, how stupid! It, it's it's not even like the original, but. Really, it is like the original. Yeah, we just—it's not how we experienced it, right? Yeah, you know, and those old turtle videos. But now, like watching this movie and and reading up on it, I don't—I think it's all cool. No, I I love it. Be negative about any of it? No, no way. Um, And even if you haven't seen TMNT, have you seen the CG film TMNT? Yeah, that was terrific. Oh, I love that. Was really great. Um, Um, and it's funny because that movie was on. I think. It was either I think it was on Cartoon Network, the night that I found out about this movie, Turtles Forever. Really? And so I was watching that that uh, CG one, and then online I saw somebody posted that they had just watched it on television. I was like, "What? What is that?" And so I looked it up, and that's when my mind was blown. And then I had to watch it on YouTube. Yeah, and I'm glad you sent me that link. And I started watching it, and I thought, "Man, they're going to pull this down before I finish it." But I don't think they're going to pull it down. You don't think so? It's been up there for days. Hmm. I mean, if they were going to pull it down, I think they'd... Well, I don't know. It's yeah, gotten hundreds of thousands of hits. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. But, um, and for anybody listening, um, without being condescending, if you don't know who the Ninja Turtles are, they are um, actually... They've been around since the 80s. That was like 1984. Is It's not what you know now as the Turtles. What they started out as, actually, it was a... Like, it was a, a, a funny sketch by Kevin Eastman and they were doing like brainstorming they were having an evening of brainstorming him and Peter Laird but um, he sketched out a turtle and it was like kind of funny looking but what they did was they actually were like hey wait a second and they used money from a tax refund they both used their tax refunds and then Eastman's uncle and they self published the, the there was a, an issue and it was the comic the uh, that was supposed to parody the like a few of Marvel Comics' most popular comics of the eighties, like Daredevil, New Mutants, Cerebus, and Ronin. So it, they put all that together, and then lo and behold, it got really, really popular. Yeah, um, and it's great too because again, spoiler. But at the end of the film, the turtles from two thousand three and nineteen eighty seven have to go to the origin called Turtle Prime. Hmm. Um, Let me just say about that. When he revealed that that that's what he was gonna do the uh, the two thousand three shredder uh-huh. he he uh, he wanted to destroy he was saying that he had to destroy the origin of the turtles to destroy all the turtles in all the dimensions right and as he showed all the dimensions he showed pictures from the movie pictures from all yeah. the different comics oh, yeah, yeah. and everything and even it was that like, CG movie yeah pictures and he was tying together all the turtles yeah. into one multiverse um, but when he said that I immediately thought of the comic. Me and too. I he has to go. That has to be where it is, the origin. 
I knew that's where it started. You know what I thought they were going to pull? But I didn't know it was going to be like animated like it was at Exactly. The end. I was like, I you was know what so they're going to pull? With that. I thought they were going to pull one of those like I hate in movies when there's like this huge monster that's going to be resurrected but they never show the monster because the hero stops it in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what? But they always show like maybe like the shape of it for a second. I thought it was going to be they go to that world, but only for a second. You know, right at the end and then you kind of see the turtles real quick and then it's but they full right. on. Oh yeah. Made it like the old black and white comic book. That was the whole end of the movie with last, the narration. Like the last 10 minutes. But I see I thought that they were either going to stop him before he even got to that point, before mm-hmm. they even went to that world or like he was going to, or like he did destroy it or part of it or something, but they, they, well, I guess basically that they stopped him before it, it was done final. It was final. Yeah. So it was really good. I thought I was very pleased with the end. It was great. It was, I love those Charles. Oh yeah. They're, oh man. They're like the- so gritty and serious and just, they didn't care about these other turtles or any of this oh i loved how they were like uh it's because the comic book had a lot of narration boxes so when they first when the, they were like ninjas yes those ones when the 2003 and the 1987 turtles came to the turtle prime world you just heard like uh narration of like on this gritty night and do you remember we fight donatello goes why are they narrating <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he goes Raf hits. Oh, did you hear what he said? He goes, Raf kicked some of the pudgy ones. Yeah. He called the 1987 ones pudgy. <laughs> he goes, some of the, or chubbier ones. He mm-hmm. goes, Raf kicks some of the chubbier ones. He loves this stuff. And Donatello goes, why are they narrating? Are they crazy? <laughs> yeah, that was so awesome. So they did it up right. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. Um, little known facts about this. This is crazy because, okay, obviously you say, what are the Ninja Turtles named after? And most people say, what? If I said, what are the Ninja Turtles named after? Artists? Yeah, famous artists, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Well, I could never name more than just one. What do you mean? Okay. I'm sorry, two. Who were the two if I asked you to name the artists? The, Who, okay, of the four. You want me to name the turtles? No, the actual artists they're named after. Well, that those are the names. Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, right. Michelangelo. Are you saying their first names? Well, no. Like, okay, here. This is what I'm getting at. I don't understand. Yes, the turtles bear the first names of the famous Renaissance artists, but these artists have like super long names that we I could probably never oh, memorize. Their entire full name? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, okay, I'll give you an example. Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. He's the only one that I could actually name. Like, look. I guess <laughs> that might be the only one for me too. Because listen to this. I never thought about it. Mike uh, Michelangelo di la de, di la da Vico. Buonarotti Simone. Seriously? <laughs> That's Michelangelo. Raphael is Raffaello Sanzio di Urbano. And Donatello is Donato di Nicolo di Beto Bardi. <laughs> My word. Right? Yeah. I'm like, no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. No, I'll just go with Leonardo, Michelangelo. Or even even further than that, Mike, Leo, Raph, Don. Yeah. yeah. Or just their names. Or the letters, like on their belts. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was yeah. really funny. Where he goes, look at these knuckleheads. They got the the, the first name, or the <laughs> first letter of their name yeah. on their belts. Because the old turtles had the L, the yeah, D, the yeah, yeah. M. And then the gritty turtles say, what's with these guys and their different colored bandanas? <laughs> Sellouts. <laughs> it was classic. It was great. So if you haven't seen oh, it, check man. it out on YouTube. You just type in Turtles Forever. It's in nine parts. Um... 
pretty good quality. And um, did you did you look up uh, the two thousand three Shredder? I oh I kept meaning to. I wanted to ask you about that. What the heck was up with that? I know because I didn't know either because I, I really didn't watch that series. I, I had seen Shredder in that series, but not to the point where it's revealed what he looks like under the suit. Okay, what what he's talking about, folks, is that the Shredder as we know it, is obviously a man who's been scarred who has the, you know, the metal armor on. Well, this shredder looks like a robotic version of that, but it turns out that it's this little pink, almost like octopus looking. It kind of looks like a, like... 2003 Krang. Right, that's what I thought it was going to be. And so it's like little pink, it's got like war paint on one side and like white eyes, and it's this tiny thing driving the big shredder body. And I didn't think that was very cool, actually. I thought it was kind of lame. I didn't know what to think, but I liked it more when I read You looked about it up it. and what what Oh yeah. I think its name was uh Shirell. Just look up Shredder on Wikipedia. I think its name is Shirell and it's it's like uh he's from this alien race that crashed on uh Earth and he was like a big cr- uh criminal criminal on a prison ship that crashed and he escaped. And so he kind of like just scroll down. He took over the the um, the personality and the persona of of the Shredder. He had learned about the Shredder and that they could build these um, robotic bodies. So he built one for himself in that image, and he became the Shredder. Huh. So there. What I was reading on that article is that there. I think there are four different Shredders, and the first one, the one that we know, is a. Uh, apparently, it's like a, a demon from Japan. Yeah, I was looking at that. I said like 300 years ago. Yeah. It was in the province that there was a oh, yeah, a the, giant monstrous demon that then, rose from a pit. Mm-hmm. And then it was trying to conquer the world of man and it called itself the Shredder. There was also a, a digital Shredder. I don't remember what that's called, like Cyber Shredder or something. And there's one other one. I can't remember. Shredder Tengu? Is that the digital there's one? There's Karai Shredder. There was a bunch of different ones. but uh, Oh, yeah, the Karai. That, that's his uh, adopted daughter. Oh, that's and right. That's that's the um, woman that's in uh, that CG movie, Karai. That makes sense. Okay, all of it's tied together. That all makes sense yeah, to me yeah, now. Yeah. I still love the original Shredder who has a grudge with Splinter, and you know, like I I I can. That's kind of cool, the alien and all that yeah. stuff. But I don't know. maybe I'm a old fashioned purist kind of guy when it comes to my Shredder. But did you love in the movie when? Uh, the Shredder Prime came, and they just threw the trash at him, and he oh, fell off the building. I thought that was messed up. I wanted him to be just as bad as the other so dudes. awesome. Like, he wasn't... No. I, I don't know how he is in the comics, so he might be, like, foiled very easily in maybe. the comic. Maybe. I just thought he probably... It would have been cool if he would have come and whooped up on a couple of people. You know. <laughs> I just thought of something. How we were talking about the 87 Turtles never use their weapons. Yeah. When they were trying to um, defeat the the you know mega size two thousand three shredder, yeah, and they were throwing the trash cans at him, and they were like, even trash doesn't work against him. <laughs> it's because in their series, that's what they use that kind of stuff. I know. <laughs> I just realized that. Yeah, no, that was that is awesome. Classic. And this is like the best thing ever. Yeah, it really is. So, like I said, check it out, um, YouTube it, and uh, and and let us know what you think about that. Yeah. So, Jason, I want to talk about something that I'm enjoying very much and uh, I wanted to tell you about. It is having to do with something that we've talked about briefly on our show before, and it's surprising we haven't talked about it more, and I want to start talking about it more, and that is comic books. Um, Right now, there is a series out that is going on, 
that has recaptured, I believe, the imagination of why comic books are so awesome. It's a phenomenon that has swept popular culture, um, and you may have heard about it. It is called Blackest Night. Have you heard of this? Yes. This is starring the Green Lantern. Now, the Green Lantern is a character who you may know, you may not know. He has the power ring, um, but the Green Lantern, in a nutshell, is this. First of all, there's not just one Green Lantern, even though that's what it appears to be. Green Lanterns are the names of several fictional characters in uh, comic books published by DC. Um, So, each Green Lantern possesses a power ring. Um, that ring gives the user really great control over the physical world as long as they have sufficient willpower. And then they have to have strength to wield it as well. So the ring requires willpower. That's what green stands for. And so if you see the Green Lantern Corps, there's Hal Jordan, who is the Green Lantern, but then there are other Green Lanterns as well. So the Green Lanterns, They are an intergalactic police force, and they patrol the farthest reaches of the DC Universe. Um, They are at the behest of the Guardians, and the Guardians are a race of immortals who live on the planet Oa. So, in DC continuity, so in pretty much in in what's happened in the comics, uh, the Green Lantern Corps has been in existence for like three billion years. Um, They've survived conflicts within the ranks, outside the ranks, um... And now they're divided as pairs, and there are 3,600 sectors of the universe. So they're divided in pairs to guard different sectors. And Hal Jordan um, is the Green Lantern for our sector, which is the Earth sector. You know. So, again, like I said, each one has a power ring. And Who is he paired with? I don't remember now. It's so Well, they, they've changed it so much. Uh-huh. So, okay, here are the, the Green Lanterns of Earth. Kyle Rayner, Jon Stewart... And Hal Jordan. Hmm. Hal Jordan was a pilot. John Stewart was a sniper in the Marine Corps. <clears throat> and Kyle Rayner was like an architect. Or no, no, no. no a, um, a comics artist. So uh-huh. their constructs were so different. Yeah. You know, you've got like a comics artist who's doing like anime Gundams and stuff yeah, with yeah. his ring. And then you've got the uh, more methodical like architect sniper who does like very precise constructs. And then Hal Jordan who is more like fly by the seat of his pants. Do they not uh, all exist at once? They do exist as... Well, they can. They don't all have the same sector at once. Oh, I see. You know, usually. And again, like, look, I'm really kind of shady on my DC stuff versus Marvel. Hmm. I'm usually a Marvel... I read more Marvel than DC. So I'm probably going to be a little patchy, but the general idea is there. You know what I mean? So check out if, if anybody's listening and you're like, what's he talking about? Check out Wikipedia. The whole history is up there, you know? But if I know, I'll tell you. If not, I'll just be like, I don't know. All right. Um, so I say all that about the Green Lanterns to say this. Just recently, within the last, like, some, like in 2007, pretty much is when this all started. They went to a place that is just like, oh, well, why didn't we think of this sooner? And they started showing different colored lanterns. So it's not just the Green Lantern anymore. There are different cores, and since Green Lantern is tied to willpower, the different colors are tied to different emotions. Now, we've had Sinestro, who's Green Lantern's arch nemesis. He's always had the Sinestro core, which has been fear. 
the color yellow and fear. Mm-hmm. And that has a whole linking between yellow used to be the only color that was impervious to Green Lantern, and there's a whole story as to why. Mm-hmm. Um, but without going into that, we've seen now, and this is kind of a minor spoiler alert if you haven't read it at all. If you really just want to know what the colors are and discover it for yourself, you can read the series. But blue is hope. Orange is avarice or greed. Red is rage. Indigo is compassion. And violet is love. Mm -hmm. Green is willpower. So what has happened, though, is that the color wars is what they're calling this. Mm -hmm. The Green Lanterns are fighting each other. But, as you know, in comic books, so many heroes, so many villains, they die. Yeah. And, you know, in comics, everyone comes back and dies. Well, some stay dead and have been dead for a long time. Well, without spoiling anything, out of somewhere comes black rings. And these black rings are flying to Earth. Because the way that a ring comes to a Green Lantern is the ring will find a bearer that's worthy. And they will say, Hal Jordan of Earth, you know, you've been accepted and, you know, do you take the ring, more or less? Mm. Um, so the ring has a limited artificial intelligence that speaks. Like, so the power rings have a limited level of artificial intelligence. So the power rings that are on a Green Lantern's finger are considered the most powerful weapons in the DC Universe because the only limit is the imagination of the wielder, mm-hmm. and in the Green's case, willpower. But uh, the rings have the effects of, like, the ones that you're familiar with using Green Lantern. They generate green... Solid light constructs that they've never really specified it. Like the matter, whether it's a solid, a liquid, a gas. They've never really gone into depth, which I like because it kind of leaves it to my imagination. But the the size, how strong they are, how complex, like I was telling you about the different wielders, it, all of that is limited by the ring bearer. So these black rings appear. And as they're flying, I mean millions of them. It looks like swarms. And they're even like one person was flying by. I was like, what's that sound? It sounds like flies. Uh These rings just have one word and it says flesh, flesh, flesh. And what they do is they go and they land on the dead, all the dead superheroes, all the dead supervillains. And these villains become black lanterns. Now, there is a Green Lantern oath. And the oath, since you know, like the mid-1940s, was in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. So they took that idea and actually made it so that the blackest night is a foretold event. Ah. Which is awesome. Uh-huh. So in Brightest Day and Blackest Night, they're saying the Blackest Night has finally come. Uh-huh. And so right now, the comic series is full underway. The ring wars are still kind of going on, but now everyone's saying like, okay, what's this up? I mean, what is up with this Black Lantern stuff? Mm-hmm. And they're very powerful. Um, they are... It's everyone, because the Green Lantern gets a costume when it puts on the ring, the costume fabricates. Mm -hmm. So all of these Black Lanterns have these wicked awesome costumes based on the original costumes, but with these, like the Black Lantern designs in them, and it's fantastic. So I won't even spoil who's coming back from the grave, but check out Blackest Night right now. You can go pick it up in comic book stores, 
And one of the coolest things right now, Jason, you saw these in my car. Yeah. <laughs> what did you see in my car? Power rings. That is right. And for right now, for a limited time, if you stop by your local comic shop, if you buy Blackest Night, you get one of the power rings. So right now, I have Hope, which is blue, uh, Fear, which is yellow, and Avarice, which is orange, or greed. So check it out. It's something that's really cool, and it's got me going like, wow, and waiting, and see like, well, what's going on? Um, I have some definite predictions about what I think is going to happen, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, but... I think it's it's a great read, and it's something interesting, and they're doing something um, to, I guess, take mythos that's been around for a long time, and then just find that thing that's like, why haven't we ever told this story before? Um, so it's really great. So check out Green Lantern, Blackest Night, look it up online, stop by your local comic shop, and uh, pick up some issues. So I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that was really cool. If a Green Lantern ring was sent to you, Tim... Would you accept it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Because that that's the baddest ever. That's awesome. It's almost like you were expecting that question. Yeah. You know why? Because that lives in my willpower. Ah. Uh, oh, that was dumb. Listen. But think about it. Let the me power... just say I would accept it, too, because that's amazing. It's awesome. It'd be so fun. Do you think you'd have the willpower to wield it? Yes. I think I would. You know why? Because I would will myself so... I'd be like, yes, no, I have to. This is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I would. It would be the best. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because it's my imagination. Would it be sent to you if you didn't have the willpower to, to use it? Um, interestingly enough, I don't think so. Okay. But um, I think that if you're near a Green Lantern when he dies... Well, and it's all oh. different, is it? But at the same time, there was this one scene... This wasn't in Blackest Night, but this was in a um, like another comic a long time ago. A bunch of Green Lanterns died, so no one knew that that happened. Uh-huh. So all the Guardians are at Oa, that planet I was telling you about. Yeah. And uh, they were like, what is that in the sky? And it was like hundreds of Green Lantern rings just coming back. Yeah. Like, and they were like, what happened? And they were all dead. Uh-huh. And so, you know. That's pretty, awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I, and it's from comic to comic and writer to writer. Isn't that that era if, you, era. if you take their ring and put it on, you can then wield it? Correct. Wait, 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 wait who? No, you can't just Anyone. pick it up. No. Oh, you cannot? No. Oh, I see. You have to have the willpower to be able to do it. It, it. If if one of them died, it might come to you, though. Yes. Right? It could find someone else instead of going back to the planet? Yes. Oh. From what from what I've seen, I mean. Yes. Yeah, I thought I read that. But check this out. There was... Um, <laughs> this is awesome. During a fight, Green Lantern gave a Green Lantern ring to Batman. Yeah. But he couldn't get it to work. Uh-huh. And it's so crazy because he was like... It was, and I forget the exact way, it was very eloquent and poetic, but more or less, um, Hal Jordan was just like, Bruce, think of the thing that inspires you to do what you do. And in the next page, it's a full page uh-huh. of um, Batman, and the, the ring is exploding in these green bats, like, flying out of it. Oh. And it's, like, got this picture of his parents' grave behind him uh-huh. in, like, green, like the construct. Uh-huh. And he's like half Green Lantern costume. It was so awesome. That is amazing. He just had to plug into what was important to him. Yeah, yeah. And it was like... What comic was that? Oops, I hit the mic. Um, that was in one of the, I think, the Crisis issues. Dang. And anybody out there, if you're a DC comic reader, you know I'm probably wrong. So send me an email. 
because I'm more of a Marvel guy. I want to read these so bad, but it just seems like there's so much to take in. It's not. It's cool. I guess really you just start at the beginning and work your way through. But it just seems like there's so much that it's hard to get started somewhere. Listen, though, that's and and the comics industry is fully aware of that. And listeners, I'm talking to you, too. Number one, every issue has a recap at the beginning in the credits box to read what you have to know to get caught up. Yeah, but see, that it still bothers me. I would want to have read. I know, but also know this, though. There are ways to jump on. There are issues number ones, like different little miniseries. Now they do a lot more miniseries so that you can read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So just don't feel like it's a huge, daunting task. Just jump on somewhere, and you can always catch up later. But then you might miss something like what you just told me. Yeah, but it's a it's a fun treasure trove to go back and look. It's just like anything else with hundreds of hundreds of issues. Mm-hmm. That's part of the fun of going to conventions and looking at back issues and reading mm-hmm. stuff online. And, yeah. you know, it's like, don't be so afraid you're going to miss something that you don't ever start. Yeah, see, that's, that's what it is. I yeah, think. don't. Just jump in, get one, start reading it, and you'll slowly kind of trickle out. It's just like anything else, music or video games or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, can you imagine? I would be taking that Green Lantern ring, and I'd be uh-huh. making like, I would be making constructs of like Doom graphics around me. Uh. I would have like, point the ring, and it's like the Doom shotgun, really big. <laughs> that would be awesome. Mega Why Man, something like that though, because that's what I like. That's to, to create a gun. I mean, you could go buy. No, no, a no, gun. no, 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 no. Oh, the a fact perfect, that it's a Doom gun. It is the Doom pixels and everything. A, it's still a gun. No, I would Why create, not create listen, like something like... Well, because well, I can create anything anytime. This that's is what just I'm one. saying. You can create anything. So why create a gun in any form? Because I would also create the bar, the status bar underneath <laughs> with my face <laughs> winking. I'd be like... And I would hum the music. <laughs> can you not create music with it? Good question. I don't think so. It's Construct of Light. So no, yeah. Well, but I would create a Mega Buster on my own arm too, and jump up in the air like Mega Man. See, yeah, I might do that actually. Yeah, you would. You would. Yeah, totally. So, well, okay. What would you do then? Come on, throw something at me. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. I would create a T Rex. There with you go. Pegasus wings that and, can fly and and eat the heads off birds. That's it. <laughs> With bullet teeth. Yes. Yeah, and missile fingers. Exactly. Yeah, see? It's all in see, there. you know. I do know. Yeah. I would probably systematically work through all the things that I love. <laughs> yeah. And just... I mean, it, it depends on what the task is. Yeah, okay. I guess it's pretty much always just fighting someone. Not, no, not necessarily. No. Like, there's protective energies and things I you guess, can, yeah. you know, you can if save people. If a building people. is crumbling. Yeah. Do you think they could... What What could you do differently in, in that case? Could you build a construct around the building that would hold it together? Yes, but that so would take could immense willpower. Oh, the bigger it is. Yeah, the, I would I say see. the bigger and stronger, the more willpower and the more focus you have to have. Right. So and of course, that might be difficult. Yeah, and well, and especially if you're just starting. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, unrelated to the building, what you're talking about, I would definitely go with the classic of the giant fist coming out of the ring to punch someone. Mm. That's awesome. Hello. What do you mean? Mm. <laughs> It's like a string that Can, comes out. Are they more powerful if they hit someone with their own fists? Does it make them more powerful? Or are they no more powerful than if they didn't have the ring? From what respect? I understand, they're no more powerful than if they didn't have the ring. So it's only the constructs that they build that are yes, the power. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, okay. And I think that even some, like for the newer ones, the ring will create a shield for them if they're 
newer and can't create their own shield like if uh, a projectile's coming at them. Well, that's nice of it. Well, it's very nice, Ring. <laughs> Why, thank that's you. That's a nice feature. <laughs> that's in the new model. <laughs> oh. The, uh, I, I don't know, though, how that works exactly. And again, it's from writer to writer. Some of that stuff's not oh. defined fully, though. Oh, um, like Superman. I mean, he does stuff all the time that's like, <laughs> yeah. he could do that? Yeah. But, you know, we kind of just buy it. So, yeah. Oh, you know what I would do? <clears throat> I would do, like, wacky stuff, like create the Simpsons. Like, a construct yeah, of yeah, the Simpsons yeah. and have them, like, beat you up. Yeah. And I do the voices. The whole Simpsons family. Oh, yeah. Just beating someone. Uh-huh. With, like, Snowball 2 <laughs> and, and Maggie. Santa's little helper. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, come here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do the old, I'll do the old, like, Tracy Ullman <laughs> Simpsons, all scratchy. Uh-huh. And then they'll morph oh, into gosh. the new ones. Yeah. And then beat you up. That's very nice. See? Um, Meanwhile, I'm dead because the Simpsons aren't powerful. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. You can't make them powerful? I'm kidding. Yeah, oh. you could. I was just thinking um, about all this stuff. I'm like, oh, the Doom Gun. And meanwhile, Sinestro cuts my head off. <laughs> if you create a a being like that, like a person with the ring, uh-huh. could that person speak and, like... From what I've seen, I, I it's tough. It's, like, from... It's from bearer to bearer. Has like, anyone done that, though? I think there have been versions of that. Yeah. Where, like, the, the construct will speak or something. Uh-huh. But I don't think that it's a... Or would that just it's be very simplistic speaking? Yeah. It's, like, it's very simplistic. Yeah, it's yeah. not, like, full conversations, I don't think. What if you wanted it to, if you willed it to do that? I don't know. I don't know how that works. I want these questions answered. Well, then we need to get us a ring. So we're going to kill us a Green Lantern. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I don't think that would work. All we have to do is buy an issue of Blackest Night, and we'll get one. And then we'll try Dang it out. It. I have to get those. Yeah. I need them. Yep. So there's something I'm looking at here, Tim. Yeah, what you looking at? And it's something amazing. Something that I don't know why we don't have by now. Yeah, what? Because we're kind of in the future. Maybe the next de- decade will like really be in the future. I get what you know you're what saying. I mean? Yeah, we're, we're no, like I get what you're inching saying. towards it with the iPhone and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree. But this kind of stuff, I expect that we should have more by now. Yeah, like these innovations that are. Like, oh, why didn't we think of that? Right, yeah. Something that's very... It's like almost like a modern convenience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what is that? Oh, you want me to tell you? I do. Oh, okay. Uh, traffic lights with progress bars. That's pretty dope. That is amazing. That um, is so amazing to me. You know why? Why? Because before I saw this, I had been thinking that at least just, just for the yellow light, there should be a countdown to when it's going to change to red. So you know whether you're able to make it through right. or if it's going to... Yeah, no, that's true. And anybody who's listening, what this looks like is um, picture um, a graphic of a sun and how the sunbeams would be on the outside of the little ball that is the sun, and that is the bar, almost like a... Um, yeah, it's a circular progress Yeah, bar. a circular progress bar that surrounds the light, and it's just really same... Um, light size, they just divide it up so that the outside of it is a bar that would go from lit to dark, and when it's I, I don't know if it's whether it's all lit or all dark like if it counts down, but it's oh, like I didn't even think of that. Like it's little bars that either fill up or drop down yeah, and yeah. you'll know how long you have to wait at the red light. You know, I I do a lot of driving with my job and I always wonder like why we are not more advanced with our traffic light system or traffic system. Like, it seems like it should be more advanced than it is right now. Yeah, I, I've thought of like, that. Like, we've kind of stalled in that area. It is kind of like, what do you mean by that? 
like they should be more accurate accurate more accurately be able to tell how many cars are traveling which lights actually need to be on and off at certain times yeah like there might be more of a traffic flow through one one road of a crossroad than the other but the one with less traffic gets the longer green lights you know yeah just, no just i totally stuff hear like you. that it should be more accurate than it is for the people who handle that kind of stuff yeah. the uh, public engineers or whatever they call it you know or whatever the civil engineers who do that kind of stuff i've i don't remember if it was a how it works or if it was one of those things on the discovery channel but i was looking at the grids that they work on mm-hmm. and they have to measure and i agree with you 100 percent um and i'll tell you a little story about that but they have to flow they have to keep traffic flowing through a certain mile radius with the network of lights so it's like while this one works like this it's counting on the one five down because that's a huge interstate. Ah. And that when that flows out, they have to stop it two lights in for this other one that has like a mall exit. Mm-hmm. So it's really crazy how it all ties together. I see. So it's not, I mean, yeah, I know what you're talking about with the micromanagement. There's a light. Like there should be a smarter system that shouldn't have right. us having to run it as much. Oh, no, I totally. Like, that's, I'm sure we have the technology to come up with some kind of crazier system. That is more accurate and can better judge traffic than... Oh, I don't think it's the tech. I think it's the money. I think it comes down to dollars. Well, that's with most things, I think. Yeah. Um, Like large-scale invisibility. Huh? I don't know. I just thought of a comic. (laughs) There's a comic book where there was... uh, The superheroes had the ability to be invisible, but it costs a lot of money. Uh So there was a huge threat to the Earth, and the, the commander of the squad says, everyone has full authorization to use maximum invisibility. And it costs like something like every three seconds is a million dollars based on the technology and how it works. And I was just jokingly thinking about, you know, things that would cost the government money. Uh huh. I don't know. Just popped in my head, but there's a stoplight on it's right on 46. It's 46 and Reinhardt where they intersect. Yeah. Okay. I am not exaggerating when I say that when I am driving on that road in the morning, that's the light I go to to go to church. Mm -hmm. When I go to make a left, it's a red light. And this is exactly how fast that light is. It goes, it's red. It goes green, yellow, red. That fast. I'm not exaggerating. And you have to sit there at that light for what feels like two minutes. Mm -hmm. And then it is green, one yellow red i mean it's that fast because i can see it when i'm driving up on it from far away Mm -hmm. and i'll know like oh boy here i go because i'll be right in that midpoint where i'm not close enough to make it yeah but i'm so far away that i'm like i'm gonna get there right when it turns (laughs) right yeah so it's i've been to lights like that i wonder who we would write is that the city does that do anything i'd like to think so i'd still like to do it like do you write your who city council like i'd be curious to see who you write about that about that stuff that kind of stuff honestly though that's the kind of thing where especially nowadays with communities having such higher standards in technology Uh like websites you can go to the city of sanford's website you know what i mean like you Mm -hmm. there are places where you can go now it's not just like you have to go down and write a handwritten letter it's like you know you can post stuff on your blog or facebook or whatever and get support Mm-hmm. like digital signatures and stuff so but that's cool progress bars on traffic lights yes you know and uh i want it 
Yeah, I wonder though. A that's... lot more stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, you know what? This is okay. I think that we have a lot of systems in place right now that are old systems that need to be upgraded. I agree. And revised. I'm totally with you. I think, you know, speaking of what you're talking about, when there is no one on the road, I just look at how it is really just a big slab of asphalt yeah, and a, some paint like that. While, of course, it's working, it's just, you probably know this because you drive at night. It's uh-huh. probably purely evident to you when you look around saying like, wow, the only thing that creates boundaries is paint. Yeah. It's pretty wild to look at that big slab, especially at like a four-way intersection, mm. and just be like, oh, wow. That is just a bunch of crisscrossing dotted lines and yellow and some white and some thicker and some reflectors. But really, if you look at it, the only thing that makes me stay within those lines is just being trained to stay within those lines. Yeah, yeah. You know. So it's interesting the relation I have with those lines, the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but something about the progress bar, the way that it is, mm-hmm. um, have you noticed progress bars have gone into this, um, they've changed so that they're not necessarily symbols of making you wait anymore. It's almost like before it was an hourglass mm-hmm. and an hourglass meant, wait a second, I'm busy right. in windows three, one. Uh-huh. Now they constantly move. And they look sleek and streamlined, and they kind of spin. And it's more like, we're not making you wait. We're making progress. <laughs> it's almost like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, even in the in Windows and stuff, when you use now Windows Vista or Windows 7, mm-hmm. it's this blue circle yeah, that kind of goes around. And it's not an hourglass. It doesn't represent time passing. It represents movement and progress. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that that was kind of interesting that they chose to do it that way. Not like a bar that goes down or yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that... I, I really think the presentation of the data makes it seem less like waiting mm-hmm. and more like progress when it's circular versus square or going from one specific direction in another. How long do you think it would take for people to like accept this and fully understand it and take advantage of it? Um, accept it immediately. Understand it almost immediately. And then take advantage of it how? Well, okay, well, it says in here, like, the first, uh, it's saying several benefits have been suggested. And the first one it says is less pollution as drivers can turn off their engines or turn their engines off and cut carbon emissions while waiting for the green light. Hmm. Do you think people would actually turn their car off sitting at a light? Some would. I would not. Doesn't it take a lot of gas to start your car? I think so. Yeah. So, uh... No, I, I don't really think that that's where my fuel consumption goes. Like, the mm-hmm. driving and the stopping, that's what actually does it. Mm-hmm. Like, stopping and then like getting back up to speed. sitting idle doesn't really use any gas. That's what I've heard. I've heard it doesn't. It's a very small right. amount. It's the acceleration and the stopping that yeah. does it. Um, so, I think you, you may be using more gas if you're turning off than I, on your car. I think maybe. I don't know. I don't have science to back that, but I'm not going to do that. But it, if for nothing else, just to tell you how long... It'll take for the lights to change. Yeah, that's, that's you know it all for me. It also kind of holds accountable those lights where you know you're like, man, this light's way too long. Yeah, you could be like, I, you know what? I wonder if a vernacular would pop up. Like, man, that light, no way, man. It has way too many seconds on the slices or something like that. Uh-huh. Where it's like you start talking about like, oh no, go the other way, go down main because the slices on the red light go fast. 
Huh. Like you start, you know what I mean? Like you think people would still try to make yellow lights, even if they saw the progress bar was like maybe at three yeah. yellow lines. Yes. And they're a good distance away. They yes. still try to make it. I think so. Um, fools. I, fools. Let me say this more than ever. Inconsiderate driving worries me. Yeah. As I'm driving around, I try to be a really considerate driver. I don't really speed. And even if you do speed, that's not even what I have a problem with. I have a problem with people who stop at a stop sign only. They're halfway past the bar already, and they mm-hmm. only stop because if they don't, I'm going to hit them. Uh-huh. That's ridiculous and dangerous. Or people who do rolling stops, like straight through stop signs. Yeah. I mean, I almost hit a guy the other day because he just did a rolling stop straight through a stop sign. I think stop signs to most people these days is like more like a yield. Yeah. And not even that. They just kind of don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Call me a fuddy-duddy, but I value my life. <clears throat> and the reason why I stop at stop signs, not only because it's you know safer, but honestly, is because I don't trust everyone else. Yeah. Even, I've had a couple of people comment, and they'll say, why are you stopping? You don't have a stop sign. And I go, yeah, but other people do, and I don't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> so I like kind of creep through if I know I don't have a stop sign. Because I don't trust people to stop anymore. Yeah. Or how about this? You know how there's a delay when a light turns green that the other light has already been red for a second? Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's like red-green. It's, it's not that fast. Mm. More people in the last two months have run red lights. They're than still I... turning when your light turns green. Yes. Yep. Which means that thing was stone red for at least a couple of seconds. Right, yeah. And no, even I worse... Even worse, when I'm going, they aren't, like, in the middle of the turn. I'll go to turn right, say, and they will, from there, go and cut me off. Like, so they, it was red, and they went through it, not, like, yellow to red. Mm-hmm. So, I sound like a complaining grandpa driver right now, but it's <laughs> just where we live. It's just, like, people. Oh, and this is another one. This is hilarious. First of all, I always complain when people don't blink. Mm-hmm. Because... Okay, now I'm on a soapbox. Here oh, are two boy. All right, here. Two things. Number 1, if you live in a place where you can go right at a red light, don't sit in that lane if you're not turning right. Because there are plenty of people who can go while you're sitting in the left lane waiting to go straight. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I kind of have a problem with that. Why? You're saying if it's a straight lane and a turning lane? Yeah. Because if I need to turn right after I cross the road and I'm in the left lane, it might be harder for me to get over and make my turn because people don't let you over. Okay, I'll go with that. Because somebody else is going to be in that spot just sitting, waiting to go straight. Okay. And I'll, they're not going to let me over. I will go with that saying that that puts a little more light on the subject for me. Usually the people who do it, though, are oblivious. They're not turning. Mm-hmm. Because I see them, because I, you know, it's a pet peeve of mine. Are you saying so they're watch. sitting there... And they are going to turn right, but they're not? No. Or you're saying they're going to go straight? They're going to go straight. Okay. But what I'm saying is that, and I get what you're saying, but in mm-hmm. especially there are locations where there's no way you'd be turning right because it's like straightaways and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. It's And it's not that they're doing it on purpose. It's that they're totally oblivious. Mm-hmm. It's that inconsideration. Here's the other one. Turn signals. If you're going to make some big honking turn, use your turn signal. Like, whipping in and out of traffic and all that stuff, goofy in the first place. But this is hilarious. There was this minivan. I was just complaining to my brother about this, people not using signals. Because mm-hmm. this woman totally just cut over, and I was like, whoa, I didn't even see her. So 
I was just complaining to him about turn signals. And I go, all right, people don't use their turn signals anymore. What's going on? And in front of us, there's this van, and the turn signal is on. We're driving in a straightaway, mm-hmm. and the turn signal's on. It's the right turn signal, mm-hmm. and it's just going and going. And so as I'm talking to my brother Matt, we can't help but notice this turn signal that's just going and going and going. And I go, I'm just like, you know what? This is hilarious. How (laughs) funny is this? And so we get to the intersection. The van, which has its, I'm sorry, it had its left turn signal on the whole time. The whole time, the whole time. And then it goes over and I'm like, what is this van doing? It goes to make a left turn and puts on its right turn signal (laughs) and makes a left turn. That's weird. I it must have been. I'm guess. I'm hoping for the sake of those drivers that it was like wired backwards or something. Because it was an older van. Maybe. I thought that was pretty funny. Do you see a lot of police officers not following traffic laws? Um, I notice a lot don't use their blinkers. I notice that they don't use their blinkers a lot, and I've seen the occasional um, turn on the lights to go through the red light. Like they really? just turn on the lights to go through the red light and then turn them off. I've never seen them do. That. I've seen that probably in the last year. Four times, huh? Which I mean, I don't doubt that they do. Which that's I've a lot if you think it about personally. it. You know, which and again, I don't know where they're going. They could be answering a call and they don't want to leave the sirens on. You know, not the yeah, the yeah. um the audio portion, but the mm-hmm. the visual. They might not want to leave it on in case they're approaching a home or something. I know, but anyway, that's enough of me being a cranky, curmudgeonly driver because I'm a I get picked on all the time that I'm a grandpa driver. But I, I'd rather be safe and arrive safe and right. So, I'll stop. Well, why do you think it's gotten so bad? I, I really think that it's um, because... Or is it worse than it used to be? If it, if I think that it is worse than it used I, to be. All through my life, I've heard people complain about other people driving or how they drive. Yeah, I think that... It's a common thing, I think, that people don't drive well. No, I agree. I, I, I think the reason why it has gotten worse is because the pace of our society is ever-increasing. I see. I, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that I think that one of the main reasons for traffic accidents mm-hmm. is people not leaving their house on time. Mm-hmm. I believe that a lot of times when people are crazy and like running red lights and doing that stuff, it's because they're running late to somewhere that they should have been on time to. Yeah. So, okay, I'll run late. And I know how I get when I'm running late. And I'm like, oh, I missed that light. But I'm not going to run it. Yeah. But I know how I am, too, when I'm just casually... Like, when we're done with this podcast, I don't have anything planned. So I'm going to just drive home. And I'm not going to be in a rush. Right. So I don't really have a problem with stopping, waiting at the yellow light. You know, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. if I'm in a rush, I purposely try to check myself and go, you know what? Don't be like this because this is what is causing accidents. Yeah. So I think the pace of our society makes it like... Go, 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 go. Leave with 10 minutes to get there when you know it's 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm the kind of person that likes being places like a half an hour early. Right. I mean, I don't mind getting there that early and waiting for whatever because um, I don't I don't like being just on time or late, um, which is kind of odd because my dad, at least he used to be always running late to places. I don't know about anymore, but... Um, and Adrian's the same way. She'd rather be there really early than late. Right. But um, uh, if I am ever late and I have to drive somewhere, I still, I always use my cruise control. 
whatever road. If if I'm going 30 miles per hour, I'll use the cruise control huh, just to know. keep it at that speed. I don't, I don't speed at all anywhere ever. And the way I think of it is if if you're running late somewhere, you should still go the speed limit because if you get pulled over for speeding, it's going to make you even more late. Yeah. So just go the speed limit. Sure, you'll be late, whatever. Just accept it because if you're speeding, you may get a ticket, which you're going to have to pay. Right. And then you're going to be even more late than you would have been. So You know what, too? It's just causing more problems. More well, and you're also... Um, it's dangerous, especially because most well, people, yeah, when they speed, well, I'm saying most people, when they speed, they're really, I don't know, how do you say it? There are some people who can drive great. Some people can drive moderately well. And mm-hmm. when you start speeding, your your reaction time that was moderate is now poor because you're going faster. Right. So you're unable to control the car as well and things like that. And I know people who have no business speeding. But um, <laughs> you know what's awful? It's terrible, but it's true. Some people would rather speed and get the ticket because when they're late, they can say they can call and go, "I got pulled over," and it's almost like an automatic excuse. I I know it's well, terrible. That's fine for those people, but I know it's not going to be for me. Yeah, no, no sir, no sir, no sir. I don't. <laughs> I don't do it. I won't. I don't like it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that is that is Tim and Jason's little traffic school right there. Yay! Don't speed. Uh, I just want to add to that. I do think that there are a lot of areas where the speed could be increased safely. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of areas where it does seem too slow. I'll go with that. Especially on the interstate. Yeah, and I... Why does it fluctuate so much between 65 and 50? I have no idea. 65, 50, 55, I have no idea. And no, nobody follows the, no, everyone's the speed going... on the interstate. And it's actually, I think, it, it's kind of more unsafe to go the speed limit on the interstate with everyone else not yeah because you're not going with the flow so you're making people slow down behind you and it's just causing congestion and and trouble i'm with you there and i travel uh on a road a lot that has it's one of those it's like a almost a back country road Uh at at a certain point there's construction but after that it is a straightaway Mm -hmm. for 25 miles yeah and the speed limit on the road is 55 uh-huh. But if you do 55, even 60, uh, people will pass you. <laughs> yeah. And it is common, mm-hmm. and it is almost encouraged to pass. Mm-hmm. Because there's a portion of the road that says no passing. But then it stops, and you can pass again. All right. But if you don't go 65 on that road, people will be passing you like crazy. Huh. And it's kind of, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be dangerous about it, but it's like when people pass me, if I'm going 55 or 60 and they pass me, because you have to watch. If you're going to pass, it's two, it's only two lanes. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure there's no cars on the opposite side. Right. If people go to pass me, I do not slow down. I go the speed limit like I'm going. I just go it. And if they try to pass me and like expect me to slow down so they can pass me, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Now, again, if it was like to, to the point to where I felt like they were in danger, I would do it immediately. Right, right, but right. I want to give them they want to do that it's like all right you know the rules go you go to town yeah yeah you know so i probably um sound like some kind of snotty driver but i don't care i don't think so all right i mean we're the ones trying to follow the rules and no one else is yeah and i'm look what's their problem man you know what too i'll tell you this this is something um i think everyone it seems like everyone thinks they're more important than everyone else like it's kind of above the rules yeah like yeah, no, no. Well, it's cool. I got. I just got to get to where I'm going. I'm safe. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Well, check this out. And I'm not. This is not some kind of cautionary tale. Like, 
if you saw what I saw, you would know. That's not what I'm saying, but I did see something pretty ridiculous, and I guess we'll end the show with this. Oh. Um, when I was driving down that state road, the country road I was telling you about, it uh-huh. was midday, but it was, um, it had been raining, mm-hmm. and I was driving, and I saw, as I was passing, I saw a state trooper pull out of, like, nowhere, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, someone's getting pulled over. But then I saw the state trooper run out of his car and off the side of the road to where I couldn't really see. Now, mm-hmm. it's all, paint this picture, it's all grass and trees, but there's probably 10 feet of grass before the tree line. Uh-huh. And this particular one looked like a residence, so the tree line dipped in. Mm-hmm. So I saw the state trooper, and from my vantage point, he disappeared behind the tree line. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't in the tree line. He was behind it because it dipped in. So. Right. And as I was, I was like, what is he running to do? And as I turned, okay, so I'm going at, you know, 55 or 60, Mm. and he runs, and so I pretty much have time just to turn my head and look. And when I do, I saw, um, it was for me, the most gruesome thing I've ever seen in real life. Uh And it was a, a motorcycle had skidded off the road, and the driver had hit a tree. Oh, Yes. Was he stuck on the tree? Um, It's hard. Okay, here's the thing. First of all, it looked fake. Yeah. Which was weird, because I'm so used to fake gore. It mm-hmm. looked fake. Uh-huh. And my brain didn't process it right away. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was like someone shot him. And my condolences to the driver and his family. But, because I don't want to make it sound like I'm just like, yeah, man, it was, because it, it wasn't awesome. I felt nauseous yeah, yeah. when I saw it. But, it was like someone... Like, shot him out of a cannon straight at the tree. Gosh. It was, um, his his face mm-hmm. hit the tree. He didn't have a helmet on? No. Oh. And, uh, man, it just was, it took a moment for my brain to process what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of gore, like, extremely visible. Mm-hmm. Um, and imagine the, uh, the impact straight forward head first and what that would do to the shoulders the torso mm, yeah. the tree was mangled mm-hmm. and so it was just crazy the the bike itself um which it looked like what happened was if i was on the right side of the road it looked like before i had gotten there on the left side of the road he must have veered off across my side into that mm-hmm. so it wasn't like he was coming down my way he was coming from the opposite direction and then like whoom and just hit i don't know what exactly happened yeah but um he had to be going really, really fast because of how ridiculously um, bizarre the scene looked. Mm-hmm. Things were at a place where you're like, how did that get there? Yeah. Like, oh. And it, and, and it, and it was weird because, like, I looked and it was only, like, one, two, three. And then I was like, it was gone. And I was like, whoa. And then, of course, I probably made it worse in my mind. Uh-huh. But really, it was the most graphic thing I've ever seen. What was that? Um like the beginning of October. Huh. Something like that. Or maybe what road the, was it on? Uh, 46. Oh. Yeah, 46. Hmm. And uh, it was like buckets and buckets of blood. Crazy. Yeah, it was absolutely out there. I was like, whoa. Like, and, oh, man, it, it messed me up for the day. I did not like that. Because, hmm. like, it's one, like you said, it's one thing to f- see, like, Final Destination or that kind of stuff and be like, oh, that's crazy. A guy hits a tree with a motorcycle. But it's another thing because it looks so fake right. that it's real. I don't know how yeah. to describe it anymore. No, I know what you mean. So, 
So anyway, ending the podcast on a happy note. <laughs> yes. Well, something a little more upbeat or funny or happy. Um, Jason and I are actually planning on doing um, some uh, some podcasts for the upcoming holiday. That's all we'll say. We'll just foreshadow it like that. Uh, by the time this podcast is up, because we're both going on vacation, so we did two shows in one night. Uh, by the time this podcast is up, they'll probably be up or one will be on its way. But uh, So just wanted to do a little foreshadowing. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the October casts, uh, but we're going to do something a little different for the next coming holiday season. Yes. So remember, um, you can check us out on the website, multigeekshow.com. Um, you can email us, multigeekshow at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. And wear a helmet. <laughs> yes, and don't... Uh, don't speed on the bike. Yeah. So, thanks so much for listening. I'm Tim. I'm Jason. And we'll uh, talk to you next week. Bye.